Hi, I'm John Farmer, and you're about to listen to a feature interview with Winnipeg duo Roger Roger that I recorded with them in August 2016 at Summerfolk in Owen Sound. We spoke about touring, recording, their musical influences, and ended up just talking about bands that we both love. We recorded this outside, so mind the wind noise that sneaks in on occasion. Here is our conversation. I'm sitting here at a picnic table at Summerfolk with Lucas and Madeline Roger of Roger Roger. Welcome to Owen Sound. Hi, thank, thank you. you. You've been on in Ontario, this is the second time that you've dropped by. We're talking at Summerfolk right now, but you were earlier in the summer on tour in southern Ontario. How was that? Oh, it was fabulous. It was our first time on tour in this neck of the woods, and uh, we couldn't get over how gorgeous it is, especially that the North Shore Drive along Lake Superior. Holy man, is that ever a sight to behold. Yeah. Every corner we came around, because, you know, we were from the prairie, so there's yeah, not a lot of corners to come around. A couple prairie kids <laughs> looking at hills, you know, like, whoa, there's, you know, a change in topography. Check <laughs> out those huge rocks. Look, look at that hill. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And big water and the occasional moose, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. we actually didn't uh, see any moose? Uh, no moose. We had a bet on how many moose we were going to see, and none of us won. And I, I won. I said zero. I, I was think, the pessimist of the I group. I saw one moose, but none of the other ones saw it, so they didn't count it. <laughs> see, we're already uh, disagreeing. Anyways, <laughs> aside from the moose hunt, Ontario's great. When we went as far as Montreal last time, and we did the same thing this time, and we grew up, uh, and we always lived in Winnipeg, but a lot of Winnipeggers move to Ontario so no matter where we went we had like family friends and family and all yeah. kinds of stuff and they kind of helped uh, you know ease the process of coming there the first time you know by bringing people to shows and you know telling us where to play and giving us a, a couch to sleep on or whatever. Peach pie to eat. Peach pie to eat yeah. yeah. So are there tour essentials like that when you're in a new part of the country and you're trying to go spread your music there? So peach pie is a tour essential? Peach pie is one of those, it's like the, the, the big, uh, that's an anchor. You know, we won't go somewhere unless there's peach pie. <laughs> We've had one peach pie. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's our second cousin, uh, once removed, uh, baked us a peach pie the other day, and that was like the best thing ever. <laughs> I was like, what? You get pie? We got to play a show and get pie. Yeah, no, but to, to answer your question, uh, we, we try to go, there's sort of two reasons why we go, or three reasons why we go somewhere. The first is if we know that there are fans or people who are enjoying our music in an area. Or if there is an area that we would like to develop an audience or have family or something like that. And then the last one is just if it's somewhere we really want to see. <laughs> if it's just somewhere we feel like we want to drive yeah. anyways and also like make an excuse to go somewhere. And you find these really weird like places that I wouldn't have assumed have these cool little spots, you know, like... Uh, like in Kemptville, there's like a really great uh, venue slash restaurant that was a total surprise for us because we'd never heard of Kemptville. Yeah. And and out west, there's like Twin the, gen the general store in the Twin Butte. It's just like, yeah, hey, let's just go see what's around there because we have no idea. And this place is, a, is an anomaly. It's at a crossroads and there's nothing there but the sign that says Twin Butte. But as far as I can tell, Twin Butte is just this one place, which is a Mexican restaurant, post office, liquor store. Liquor store uh, venue wrapped into one and there's nothing else around but people go there for the music and the food and the and the vibe yeah. And where is Twin Butte? It's right near it's near Waterton. It's, it's close to where the crow's nest pass Starts going off into the mountains. Yeah, it's fine. We're all we're all about trying to find little treats like that We like that and so when you're touring what makes a place like that special? 
The people, usually. Almost always the people. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's amazing how communities will rally around music, and we've seen it a lot within folk communities that, you know, if there's something special and and interesting going on, people will people will show up for it, and it's really amazing to see it time and time again all across Canada. It's generally the reason why we remember places. It's because of the people. Yeah. Places can only be so good without there having people being, having their input in it, right? So that, I don't know, that stands out to me. Yeah. And you folks grew up in Winnipeg, which is a particular hotbed of Canadian music and Canadian folk music. Oh yeah. Do you, do you take that for granted? Do you ever go other places and realize that not everyone grew up with so many folks either uh, going through their home playing music <laughs> or playing bars and clubs and rooms all around town? I think we take rent for granted because living, yeah. living there is cheap and that's why there's yeah. so many musicians there. But I think you've touched on something. We probably didn't realize until later on, more recently in life I suppose, that that it is unusual to have that many people who are songwriters and musicians and producers and, and so heavily in our life. Like, we grew up, our dad's a recording engineer, and for there was about six years where there was a recording studio directly in our house, and we were just talking about it with somebody else. Like, we used to be annoyed by the fact that we had to sneak up and down the stairs because somebody was recording. They were recording whatever mandolin in the in the hallway and then... and and uh, banjo in the kitchen and guitar in the dining room and we'd have to sort of sneak around the house or, or go make ourselves a cup of tea in between takes. And at the time, we, we did love it. It's, of course, it was awesome and neat, but sometimes, you know, you have to study for exams in high school it's and university. It's your home, right? <laughs> it's your home, yeah. But we, we definitely took some of that for granted and probably didn't realize how much of an influence it had on us. How did that influence you? What have you taken away from that or l- absorbed? I think it's hard to step outside of your own experience and view it objectively, but I would imagine that we spent a lot of time in our lives talking really around the family dinner table about album production and about like, you know, <laughs> snare sound, snare <laughs> yeah, sound like... and, and word choice and how, how to take an idea or a phrase in a song and, and try to say something indirectly so that it can be so that it can be grasped by more people. Like I find that something that, that, that really, it's a hard, it's a tricky thing with songwriting because you want to write about your own experience, but you also want to make it universal. And I think that we did spend quite a bit of time talking about that sort of things, like talking about syllables and word choices and how to take, you want to say the same thing, but you want to say it with half as many syllables so that you can have more of a chance for these vowel sounds for singing to come through. And yeah. That so was... do you critique each other's songwriting process then? Do you did you I've seen from your album that you bro- both brought tracks to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did they come fully formed or was it, hey, this is what I've got and then like good siblings you pick each other apart? There's a healthy amount of both. Yeah, there's a <laughs> bit of both. I, we both write a lot of songs and a, some of our songs we're I think we're both very aware of when there are songs that we've written that work for this project for us. And we both like, I'm, I'm, I love to turn up a guitar amp really loud and thrash away on some rock and roll songs. So I have a lot of songs like that too. And we're both aware, I often I'll write them all on acoustic, but we're often aware of which songs fit with what we're doing. And we, we're generally pretty, uh, 
impressed and accepted of what the other person has already done and there's very little changing that goes on by the sometimes it will be again something like a word choice or one phrase where we say you know that kind of sounds a little bit it doesn't sound quite genuine or it doesn't sound quite accurate in line with the rest of the story of this song so can we try to find another way to say that and usually that's the same line where the other person goes oh yeah you know that one's kind of been bothering me too I didn't really love that one to begin with so we're, we're pretty well in agreement with a lot of songwriting choices yeah and does the same thing come with production then mmm that's a that's a good question I, I feel like there are a lot of times we knew what's what albums we liked going into making this album we knew what sounds we were going for Probably if we disagreed on anything, it was like electric guitar sounds on some of the songs. Which is something I have a lot of fun doing, yeah. recording rhythm guitar and stuff. But, but just small things. just Really minor things, I guess. Like, should we have organ in this or not? The answer is always person... yes. Always organ. <laughs> always, always put the organ on. Yeah. Yeah, and but luckily we can just try these things and see if we like it or not. And usually in the end we would agree on what, yeah. what how we thought it should sound. Yeah, there was a lot more agreeing than disagreeing in the studio. In fact, there was very rarely any dis- disagreement. A minute ago you were talking about albums that inspired you and yeah. songs that you, uh, or sounds that you wanted to emulate on your own record. Yeah. Who would you cite as big influences for this project? Let's start with a bunch of Canadian artists, because I think we grew up listening to like Kathleen Edwards first off was huge for us mm-hmm. we have listened to a lot of Kathleen Edwards around the house uh, Sarah Harmer like just brilliant songwriting and with a really good concise production on the albums yeah. where everything is just there to support the song and there's not there's nothing there's space there, yeah there's space and the things that are added don't detract because that's very possible to do you can add so much arrangement and other instrumentation that it detracts from the song so we wanted to be careful about that yeah ron sexsmith that was a big joel plaskett we got really into around the time of the album probably so those are all canadian people we grew up listening to also a lot of like uh kara luft uh nikki maida ruth moody like waylon jenny's they were all we saw them actually james keelahan who's the artistic director of this festival we listened to a lot of him growing up yeah People that were um, word-oriented, like they were songwriters first and foremost, and whether they're like virtuosic musicians or not is up to them, I guess. But, but we re- always really enjoyed um, albums that were focused on what the person had to say, and often I think we found that the ones we liked the most kind of um, didn't take away from that concept, just kind of allowed this, you know, enforced the story, but didn't uh, didn't taint it at all. Is there anyone who was a big influence that maybe the rest of the country or the community outside of Winnipeg might not know, but who you really want them to know? Oh, my favorite. She's not from Canada. She's from the States. Her name's Aeneas Mitchell, and she's absolutely one of my all-time favorite songwriters. I only discovered her about a year and a half or two years ago, but I've just fallen head over heels in love with everything that she does. She's great. I even just flew to New York to go see a a folk opera that was put on on Off-Broadway that was written by her. Such is the length of my obsession. But she's fabulous. She's written a whole bunch of albums. Some of them are concept albums, um, and some of them are are just a collection of her songs, but they're all incredible. Uh, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything. I can think of some local people in Winnipeg, maybe. We yeah. have a lot of friends, people like uh, Logan McKillop, who's a good friend of ours, who blows us away with songwriting. Mike Ehrenberg, I grew up listening to. and like, Carly Dow, yeah. the Crooked Brothers. A lot of people around us, I think, kind of uh, influence us. Because you, like, you see them, like some of these people I've been playing with since I was 16, now we're 24 or whatever. So you see, like you work the progression together, like side by side almost. and. I, that's always kind of inspired me, I guess. Yeah. Other albums, though. I don't know if I have anything to... Yeah. Well, that's about it. So is this your first Ontario Festival? Or have you been out this way for festivals Second. before? Second Ontario Festival. We played live from the Rock Music Festival oh, on nice. the that's other cool. end of Lake Superior, I guess. Yeah. Although this, this isn't Lake Superior, but um, yeah, it was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. We had a fabulous time and met a whole bunch of amazing artists and new pals from the audience. It was a really, it was really beautiful. Again, similar setting to this actually, yeah. right on the lake and lots of trees and good food, good people, good crafts. <laughs> did you get, uh, total side note, did you get a chance to see the lifer, uh, not the lifers, uh, Tragedy Anne? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're here this yeah, weekend. We they met. Were, yeah. So they were. We hung out with the them lifers. at uh, Live from the Rock, and now like they live and Braden both play in the Lifers. Yeah. And they're actually staying next to us, I think, in the room. They're in the room next to us, but. But yeah. we realized halfway through the festival that we were at two weeks ago, we were speaking to them like, "Oh, what are you guys up to the next couple weeks?" And they said, "Oh, you know, our other band, the Lifers, is playing at Summerfolk." We were like, "No way! We're playing at Summerfolk too." And same with Irish Mylan who's at this festival as well. She was at, at um, Live from the Rock too. So it's nice, we've had a, a reunion after the impossibly long break of two weeks without seeing each other. Yeah. <laughs> we listen to our albums a lot in the car on the way, on the way over here. Well, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain and Anytime. sharing stories like that. Thanks Could so I get much. you to say your names and the name of your band and that people are listening to Georgian Bay Roots? Of course. Hi, my name's Lucas Roger. And I'm Madeline Roger. Together and we are Roger Roger, Roger Roger. And you're listening to Georgian Bay Roots. That was my conversation with Winnipeg duo Roger Roger, recorded at Summerfolk 41 in August 2016. For more feature interviews and great songs, you can subscribe to the Georgian Bay Roots podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can always visit summerfolk.org slash Georgian Bay Roots.